Cult Podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now please, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And I'm oh, sorry, that's me. <laughs> and with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! You're a real host now. I'm Just a real introduce host. yourself. Does that mean I get to introduce myself? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Okay, no. we'll start doing no, that. No, we can't break we can't break from tradition. <laughs> I like the tradition. We're um, not gonna break from tradition. We're always gonna introduce you, and women will always be subservient to men. Hi, I'm Deuce V. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Boy, that was tense for a second. Yeah, so uh, I have been held here against my will for several days, but I will continue covering incels. Uh, <laughs> guys, last week, this is part two of incels. Yay. 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 Uh, Question mark? Yeah, so last week we kind of covered the the rise of incels, where incels first got their name uh, with Alana's involuntary celibacy project, we covered the red pill, which is kind of the the starting point for a lot of incel ideology. Um, and then today we're going to start covering the black pill, which Ooh. is something, it's a specific ideology that incels believe that none of the other manosphere groups really share. Um, so yeah, are you ready to get into it? Yeah. So just to be clear, uh, all... All people who are in the manosphere believe the aspects of red pill, but not everyone in the manosphere is an incel, right? Yes. That's yeah. the big... So the incels believe in something. The red pill... It's like... Uh, you remember those fundraisers in school where it's like if you sold uh, 20 boxes, you got the first two prizes and something else? Yes. This right. is like you get all the other hate plus this brand new hate <laughs> and... A keychain. So <laughs> And one of those things that helps you listen in on your siblings. Oh, those are... Yeah, there watched... was a lot of spy gear in pickup It's a artists. lot of spy. Yeah. Well, I was thinking for, like, kids' rewards was a lot of spy gear. Yeah, I remember that, that big push to, like, get us to love spies. Yeah. I, we, I showed her an advert, an old advertisement for the, the, the spy gear toys. Mm-hmm. And the premise of it is, is these little boys use the gear to find out who the girls like and then use that to get dates. Yeah, I, I remember this very much. Is pretty much what the ins- or what the pickup artist videos yeah. we watched were. They yeah. used spy gear to yeah. spy on women and try and get dates. And I will say that as a kid, I badly wanted that spy gear. Not for those reasons but because i wanted to be like some sort of amateur detective where i was like i'm gonna solve a murder like that's yeah. why i wanted spy gear that was my ultimate goal was to get the spy gear and then find out that like my teachers were like drug dealers or something <laughs> and then just like crack the case yeah and mine, not have to take my math class i would have been like i found a body now i'm gonna plug in this earpiece and hear what the people around it are saying so armando where did you think this mistrust of authority began <laughs> Spy here. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, the black pill is kind of a special little treat that only the incels believe. Mm. Um, I guess we'll get into it. So, 
The red pill is this sort of broad theory of misogyny, but incels go even further in their beliefs, they believe in the black pill. And the black pill is what psychologists call catastrophizing, which is basically a cognitive disorder where anxiety and depression lead you to infer apocalyptic conclusions from mundane setbacks and anxieties. They believe that the sexual marketplace is purely genetic. They believe that they'll always be a virgin. You'll never have sex or relationships. Feminism and social justice warriors did this to you. Happiness is impossible. You should LDAR, which is lay down and rot, or commit suicide. And since triumph oh. is impossible, why not try revenge? Damn. Wow. So this is straight up making a terrorist cell. Yeah. Yeah. I that mean, is that um, is like the same thought process on how to form people into like Al Qaeda. Yeah. So again, like I said, not everyone who participates in these insult forums believe all of these things, but they do mostly believe the the top three or four. The yeah. sexual marketplace is genetic. There's no hope for you. They call it LDAR, lay down and rot. So what was the what was the term that you used? Uh, catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. Yeah. So catastrophizing is what we see how people uh, develop like Christianity or Catholicism into like doomsday cults. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, I, Jim Jones is a yeah. great example of catastrophizing. I would say if incels qualify as any sort of group, they almost qualify as a suicide group. Or what is it? Or as any sort of cult, they it's a doomsday cult. Yeah, yeah like a suicide cult. A, yeah, a doomsday cult. A yeah, doomsday there cult. there are there are suicide cults out there. I mean, Jim Jones ended up that way. Didn't start that way. I mean, I feel like his is more murder cult. Yeah. I would say Heaven's Gate is more of a suicide. Yeah. cult. Yeah, it's very. There are aspects of being on these forums that are violent and kind of scary, and some of it is stuff that's still active or has only recently been banned or reported. Mm. So a lot of this information I found by looking on the Wayback Machine, and I looked at incel forums before they got banned, essentially. Gotcha. It's basically just websites that uh, archive things that were on the web. So even if they're taken off, you can see them later, in case yeah. other right. people didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, really quick. So yeah, so they kind of believe like, well, if, if you can't, I'll never have a date. I'll never be with a girl. It's because I'm too short, fat, balding, right. Asian, etc. I still hate. <laughs> I still hate that they're like listing Asian. It, <laughs> it's so really upsetting. There's there's this thing that states that uh, I don't know where the statistics come from, but I've heard two groups. Um, uh, uh, so Asian men are supposedly the least desirable group of people to date and black women and Asian black men women. and black women yeah. because black women are seen as hyper masculine for females and asian men are seen as more feminine in the male category Which, this is super yeah. interesting and i'm kind of glad that we're i'm kind of glad that pottering on it got <laughs> backburnered until now because on one of the episodes we talk a ton about that with mm -hmm. my friend crystal adams so oh crystal's great yeah 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 i also on Andre Loves Everybody, I covered a lot of this with Katrina Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was also really good to talk to. And I have some, I mean, that's, for me, that's the hardest part, is I used to have an entire podcast where I would interview people who had physical or mental disabilities mm -hmm. and talk to them about, like, what it's like to date. And they found success. A lot of them found success yeah. in dating, and it wasn't because they were on the internet talking about how much it sucks to be 
X, was, Y, or Z. I was one of those people on your podcast. And I believe, if I remember correctly, my key on that podcast to finding love was to accepting that you're worthy of it. Yeah. 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 That's a great yeah. That's a great piece of advice. Right? Well, and... And by the way, on uh, on my other po- on my other podcast, uh, it's called uh, definitely a real podcast. Uh, come on, guys, I want to be to like be you. Fair, to be fair, I was on your other podcast yeah. that only lasted four episodes. It, uh, it lasted uh, it lasted three episodes, and then the last two interviews that I did were so bad I couldn't use them, <laughs> so I just gave up on it. Yeah, I I would say that the incel community practices something called digital self-harm mm. which basically means going online and talking shit about yourself and psychologists say that you know like people that cut it's a way to regain control when yeah. they feel like they don't have any control in their life they the concept is like well if some if i hurt me i'm regaining power but really in what they should be doing is they're still internalizing that hatred, mm-hmm. except they're expressing it on themselves. Right. And there's a lot of forms that do that. Like, there's forms for fat people where we just talk shit about how I'll never find love and it's hopeless. And it just becomes this feedback back loop and it's not healthy. And it's a legitimate psychological condition. And if you're on a forum or you're doing something where you're hurting yourself all the time, you should seek professional help. It's not good for you. Remember yeah. that you are capable and worthy of love. Yeah, please remember that. All the time. Yeah. So one person that kind of exemplifies the radicalization arc of someone who's like, well, I'm not getting dates. I'm not going to be successful with women. It's because I'm half Asian. It's because I'm too good for them is Elliot Roger. Fuck wait, that whiny douchebag. His but thought yes. process was he was too, he, they didn't want him because he was too good for them. Yeah, so he believes that he's too sophisticated and that women are to blame because they're not choosing a good choice, which is him. Oh. On May 23rd, 2014, self-identifying incel Elliot Roger, who is an active member of the PUA, PUA hate, pickup artist hate, did just that. He perpetrated a killing spree that left six people dead. And I'm going to kind of talk about him a little bit in his early life and how psychopathy mixing with a community that only reinforces those beliefs can lead someone to take action in a horrible way. Yeah. Um, so Elliot Roger was born in July of 1991. So pretty much right between me and Mondo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want a timeline, he was born to incredibly wealthy parents. His parent, his dad was a Hollywood director. His mother was of Malaysian and Chinese descent. And we his know, dad was white. Do we know what the dad directed? He worked on The Hunger Games. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's still successful. He's huh. legitimate. He's, it's really sad. Like, who Elliot Roger is as a person, like, it seems pretty much from the beginning, and even in his own words, that he's just a narcissistic psychopath. Okay. Yeah. That's what he is. It, I read his 137-page manifesto. Bless you, child. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hey, so isn't long. It, isn't it great when you have to read a thing that the person <laughs> wrote themselves about themselves? Isn't it so oh, fun? Oh, I had to read so many of Jillian Epperly's, like, crazy rambling, no punctuation posts. I oh, swear to Christ, Moon in his own words actually changed my brain. <laughs> uh, Manson in his own words, highly recommend. Oh, God. <laughs> this is interesting as hell. <laughs> so his parents got divorced when he was seven, which to him was the starting point for, quote, 
A lifetime of rejection. Oh, no. What, his parents rejected? I don't understand. Yeah, he's just upset that his parents got divorced. He, he was upset that everything in his life was harder. He had to have two houses. He still had two houses. His dad paid alimony. Like, it wasn't yeah. like they were homeless, but he had to share a room with his sister, and he was mad about it. Yeah. This yeah. guy sucks. Yeah, he fucking is the My worst. My parents were just never married. And it's great, because I'd rather have that than have two people who are just fucking angry and fighting all the time. Now, I will say, I read his 137-page <laughs> manifesto, and there's a lot of things that make him feel rejected. Uh, he also... <laughs> He also writes, He first of all, he writes about every house he ever lived in from the age of his birth until present day. Oh, he writes geez. about the houses he lived in. He writes about anyone that talked to him, honestly. That's why it's 137 pages. It's his whole life story. He only lived to be 22 and he never did anything significant until murdering a bunch of people, honestly. Right, right. So it's just every mundane thing he's ever considered in his whole life. It's exhausting to read. You say he just felt rejected by a bunch of stuff? Everything made him feel rejected. And he literally... My parents broke up. I felt rejected because of it. I failed the test. I felt rejected. One time I tried. One time I tried to shoot a basketball and this guy hit it and then he said, rejected. And that made me feel yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Made me feel part of the team. <laughs> well, the thing about him is he's a narcissist. Yeah. So pretty much any relationship between people that he is not the center of attention makes him feel inadequate. He also said, to be fair, he also said that after buying his first lottery ticket at age 18, that it, quote, sparked a long relationship with the lottery that would only end in disappointment and despair. He would drive all over Southern California buying lottery tickets. He drove to Arizona. He spent thousands of dollars on lottery tickets. And here's the thing about Elliot Roger. He is a narcissist and he believed it was his destiny to be great, but he also realized that he had no skills. was it his manifesto destiny? Yeah, I mean, he th- <laughs> yes, his manifesto destiny. He thought that like uh, he read the book. Um, what is it? How to win friends and influence people. Oh, oh how many God. times has that book come up on it's this show? Very bad. He also the, what's the other one? Bum, bum, bum. There's another one where the one that makes you manifest things. Oh, um, oh, uh, 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 the uh, secret. Green eggs and ham. <laughs> it's. It's another one that's like The Secret, but it's not The Secret. My brain is saying Space Star Ordering, but I know that that's a fake thing from the IT crowd. My brain is saying Space Jam, but I know that's not a book. But yeah, so he kind of just believed it was his destiny to win the lottery. And you can see every time he spends thousands of dollars on the lottery and then he doesn't win, he feels despondent. Yeah. Because in his mind, it's his destiny to be someone great and to like show everyone how great he is. Ah, here it is. It's called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Oh, jeez. The book that inspired him to manifest his lottery winnings. But it's still written by Dr. Seuss, right? Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah, lots of pictures. Go so you... the places you'll go. And also, never trust women. They're all hoes. <laughs> yes. yeah, he Would did... you, could you, with a bitch? Would you, could you, <laughs> if you wish? <laughs> Uh, so in 2007, Roger was diagnosed with pervasive de- developmental disorder, which is a not specified autism spectrum disorder. He, because he had severe and pervasive impairment in development of reciprocal social interaction. So he doesn't have verbal and nonverbal communication skills. He's not good with people. They can't really call him autistic. He's just doesn't get people. Like his brain like, is wired wrong. Is yeah. this like Asperger's? 
They didn't call it Asperger's. They just said it's on the autism spectrum. His mom called it Asperger's, but that's not part of his medical diagnosis. I also want to be very... Most people with Asperger's don't kill six people. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> blaming this you know, but he definitely, He's also a dick. Yeah. It's clear from the way that he writes and the way that he talks is, again, he's a narcissist. So if he right. had Asperger's, it's mixing with narcissism right. and self-delusion. So he doesn't, he can't interact with people. He doesn't understand how to interact with people. And that makes him feel more isolated. But the problem is he doesn't interact with people in any way that's empathetic or interested in them as people. He right. only interacts with people in a way as they pertain to furthering him. So his whole goal of like finding a woman, the way he talks about it is like, well, if I had a woman, but he doesn't show any interest in human beings as human beings. Right. Only for the status that they give him. Same with his friends. He only cares about his friends as status. He's yeah. not interested in them as people. Well, really. and I do, I mean, his parents tried to get him help. So much. Oftentimes in his manifesto, reading from when he's very young, um, merely seeing other people happy together makes him so upset that he has to leave public spaces to cry. Yes. Over and over again, he saw a couple holding hands and he left to go cry. Yeah. And he sobbed. Like, it says he sobbed for hours. He felt despondent. He hated them. Like, just the language that he's using is just like, he's upset that people exist in the world and are happy because he feels entitled to that same happiness yeah it's really messed up um it's the same type of person that just thinks that their parents disappear when they're not in the room you know what i mean yeah like dad goes to work but i don't see him so he just disappears like he's not alive. he's not a person you know what i mean it's that yeah. thought process of like you only exist when you're in my point of view yeah it's like not having what is the thing object permanence but with people's yeah. yes lives. No <laughs> object per- yeah so in his manifesto, he talks at length about being rejected by others. But in truth, he's so rude, obnoxious, hateful, narcissistic that after short friendships, people didn't want to hang out with him anymore. Right, right. He yelled at a dude and called him an idiot because the dude was more popular than him. Like, it's just over and over again, even people that actually made an effort to be his friend, he right. decided were beneath him. So it's really, he's self-isolating and he doesn't want to have those relationships with people. That's terrible. Yeah, he's a bad person. (laughs) I don't ever want to have to put in like, I get like putting an effort to be there for somebody, but I don't want to put in, I don't want to have to describe being somebody's friend as uh, making a real effort. Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, is like, I can't imagine hanging out with Elliot Rogers to be a pleasurable experience because he wanted to be the best all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So like those people... Are annoying yeah like no one wants to hang out with someone that is trying to one-up you constantly or gets mad at you and calls you names if you express joy yeah you know like it's not fun to be around are you laughing you dumb bitch oh, no. <laughs> did oh, you just no. express joy yeah I'm about to express my fist in that face oh you think you're happy ha 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 Elliot Rogers is Joffrey Baratheon. Yeah. Like, that's who he is. If you want to look at a character study for Joffrey Baratheon, it's Elliot Roger. That's Joffrey Baratheon of Game of Thrones. If, if of you Game of Thrones, watch Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. But, yes. So, it's a, a medieval Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Yeah. So, ramping up to some of his more heinous incidents. In 2011, Roger followed a couple out of Starbucks and threw coffee on them because he was jealous. 
There's just strangers. He just Jeez. threw coffee at strangers. Was it iced coffee? I don't know, B. I hope it was cold. This is the kind of things that you have to do in your <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I just got burned. Like, these people probably didn't. Because their coffee might have been iced. Uh, it was California. It's probably iced, right? Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. That's yeah, fine. It's summer. Uh, Macchiato. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in July of 2012, Roger saw an attractive group of teenagers playing kickball and having fun. He wrote, quote, They deserve to die horrible, painful deaths just for the crime of enjoying a better life than me. He went to Kmart, bought a super soaker, filled it with orange juice, and sprayed them. <laughs> they chased him away. <laughs> okay, now I kind of want to make an effort to be his friend. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty just funny. Here, a fucking idiot. Here's my thing. He could have... Bought a super soaker, filled it with water, said, hey, guys, water tag? And he probably would have gotten to hang out with them. Yeah, straight up. Like, the thing is, is if you already, what he's doing over and over again is he's assuming that if other people are having fun, they're excluding him. Right. And if you have that mindset of like, well, if someone else is having fun, and I'm not a part of it, therefore I hate them. And if the first energy you bring to a social situation is hatred, yep. no one wants to hang out with you. And they will exclude you. They weren't until that moment. Exactly. They're just existing. Right. They're not excluding you. Do you think that his first thought was to go into the Kmart? Do you think he looked around and went, God damn it, not a Starbucks in sight. <laughs> <laughs> My weapon of choice. Iced coffee adds up. Orange juice is cheaper. No, um, orange juice is so expensive. What? Orange juice is really expensive. It's the only drink, one of the only drinks where if you go to a restaurant, they pay. You have to pay for each refill. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, figured I guess coffee. Bought it at, real I, orange juice. It was probably Sunny D. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. I figured he just bought it at a grocery store. Yeah. I guess he was at a Kmart. He was at a Kmart. Yeah, That's it's fair. probably cheap orange juice. Yeah. Um. So then, in winter of 2012, Roger purchased his first handgun. Hold and on, time out. Why didn't he fill it with pee? Like, he's not even good yeah. at revenge. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not, like, it's not even, honestly, I would have just drank the orange the, oh, juice, yeah. pee into the super soaker, then you're having real also, fun. Then you're also getting hydrated. Yeah. You said this was in 2012, right? Yeah. He he was 20, and he was jealous of teenagers? I mean, they're teenagers. I'm saying teenagers, but they're his age teenagers. Oh, You know what I mean? Like, okay. late teens, like, college yeah. kids. Oh, okay. I, yeah. thought, I thought he just, like, walked out and saw, like, a 14-year-old being like, hey, guys, check out my tech deck. And he's like, I like tech decks. <laughs> I mean, just sees a bunch of children being like, they're playing Pokemon. Help me. <laughs> I could have a Charizard. His main upsetness was Well, hey, guys, that... you really has, like, Pokemon Gold? What about Pokemon Sunny D, you bitches? <laughs> I wish he talked that fast. That's what makes his video so insufferable. Oh, He's just, like, he just draws, and I don't know why. They can't see what a wonderful man I am, and I would make them so happy, but they just can't see it he sounds like he's about to come he <laughs> sounds like an anime villain he does he clearly was watching so much anime uh okay so uh the teenagers chase him away <laughs> <laughs> in winter of 2012 rogers purchased his first handgun and began ideating his day of retribution well he saw how useless a squirt gun was <laughs> he, he had clearly. a squirt gun and they chased him away he should have peed in it I'm gonna say it again. I agree. Uh, I'm gonna go a step further. He should have peed in the handgun too. <laughs> Probably would have stopped it from working. That would have been better. It did jam for everyone at one point, which is like 
thank like it's horrible that six people died but it would have been way more people yeah yeah um in spring of 2013 is when roger discovers pickupartisthate.com oh no so it was that quick so he was only on it for a year yeah he was only on it for a year again he's having he's clearly expressing violent yes things to people that he feels jealous of and he clearly has narcissism and psychopathy but he wrote quote reading posts on that website only confirmed many of the theories i had about how wicked and degenerate women really are oh god so he found his audience he found men that are also online. He also said that un- he, he kind of despised them a little bit because he said, well, they're cowards and they won't actually do anything. They just talk, but I'll actually do something. Right. So he found an audience where he could say, I'm going to shoot up a bunch of people. And everyone was like, that's great. They deserve to die. Yes. So he found his yes men. Around this time, Rogers is seeing a counselor regularly, and his family hires people to basically hang out with him so he can practice his social skills. What? Yeah. They they tried so hard to help him. They hired friends? Yes. Yes. Because he was so lonely. In 2012, he said that he lost the only friend who had ever, or his only and oldest friend, Was it the super soaker? Oh. It was James from Team Rocket. It was... (laughs) (laughs) Jesse James, he does. He talks like James from Team Rocket. Oh my God! That's his voice. Yeah, you hear it. That's his voice. Um, Who did he? I just wanted. I don't know. I just wanted his dad to come home and be like, Elliot, here's your new friend, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> well, the thing is too. So after Elliot's parents got divorced, his dad remarried to another Asian woman and had a young son named Jazz, who was quite a bit younger than Elliot. But Jazz, from an early age, he's social. He got, you know, he was doing acting at a young age, stuff like that. Well, he's improv-based. Of course he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Clearly destined for greatness. Uh, But Elliot is, like, jealous the whole time of his little half-brother. He's upset that he gets attention that he's not getting. He's really rude to his stepmom, so he'll do things like he just walked in her house one day. He's an adult man. He's 20 years old. He just walks in her house shows up unannounced and she's like you need to knock like this isn't your house you need to knock i didn't know you were coming over and he starts having a screaming match with her because he's like i'm my father's eldest son this is my house you don't even belong here and so he's just showing no respect to anyone in his life right and she kicks him out so over and over again his father's wife is like you can't stay here yeah like you're rude and his dad backs her up because that's his wife yeah but he takes that as like oh i'm abandoned because I can't be a As fucking asshole to, to everyone. My behavior is causing. Yeah, my yeah. behavior is the problem. Um, so yeah, he has hired friends. At one point, he has one of his hired friends is a female. She's a counselor. She's trained to like have conversations mm-hmm. with him and like go on hikes and stuff. But the way that he talks about her in his manifesto is super creepy. Uh, he talks about. He says that um, he was hesitant to have a female counselor because he was hesitant to have someone that couldn't understand what he was going through with women. But he said that she had to like move schools or something so she couldn't be his counselor anymore, and that losing what he he realized it was false because he was paying for something that other men got for free, and he likened it to prostitution. Jeez. Of like, this is the closest relationship I've had with a girl, and. It was fake, and so it just makes me miss 
real relationships. Well, I understand what he's talking about because one time uh, I was dating this girl and she made me some. She made me dinner. Then I found out that she works at a restaurant. <laughs> so she's just. She's just giving it away for free. No, no, no. She's being paid at the restaurant. She was giving it away to you for free. Oh. What a food (laughs) slut. What an egg slut. That's uh, a restaurant here in Los Angeles. Very delicious eggs. Yeah. So he's, they're trying. His parents are trying to get him help. It's not really working. In July of, oh, this is where things start to get hairy or, uh, July 20th, 2013, a few days before his 22nd birthday, Roger went to Isla Vista for the express purpose of losing his virginity. How is he going to do that, you say? This is his plan. He got drunk and just walked into a stranger's house party. Oh, jeez. That was it. So he goes to a party. He doesn't know anyone. He immediately becomes enraged that people aren't paying any attention to him. So he starts picking fights. He sees a pretty blonde girl talking to an Asian. He had a thing for blondes. And the dude is full Asian. And he gets upset. He's like, I'm superior because I'm half white. And so he basically like. What? Yeah. He basically bumps into this dude and tries to push him away and talk to the girl. But he's so drunk. They think that he's just sick and needs help. And so they're like, oh, let's get you some water, buddy. Like they try to be as nice to him as possible. He's being a complete ass hole um so then he starts he goes outside and he just starts destroying a chair with a stick and laughing maniacally you don't want to hang out with this guy at the Call party the cops yeah. yeah he's just being weird and then he's upset because people are still ignoring him so he's being the worst and no yeah. one's even paying attention to him and now he's mad that they're not paying attention he's also Ugh. laughing like a crazy person he's right. just laughing and destroying a Why chair he's not paying attention to me i just beat up that chair did you see me did you see how strong i am chairs me? won't replace me <laughs> <laughs> You think I can't be true? That chair was the quarterback of the football team. You think <laughs> I'll fuck you up, man? Yeah, that chair's so bad it's wicker. <laughs> I'll hire so- I'll hire some of my friends to come back me up. <laughs> I hope they have lumbar support. Uh, <laughs> so he's beating up this chair, and then <laughs> and then. He starts, he sees, like, some good-looking guys talking to some cute girls, and so he starts insulting these people, and they're laughing and roasting him, because they're like, dude, you're drunk and beating up a chair. Like, what are you doing? Right. And then he gets mad hey, how that about they're... You, how, you, how, you sh- how about you take a seat? Oh, wait, you can't. I beat up a cherry <laughs> piece of shit. I go, don't make me... I just a Kmart down the street. Don't you talk shit to me. <laughs> yeah, so he gets mad. Because they're making fun of him. And he tries to push some girls off a 10-foot balcony. Whoa! Okay. So things escalated pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, So he tries to push these girls off the balcony. Of course, he's very tiny and very drunk. Like, he's a small man. He's not very big. He's He's like 5'6", right? He's 5'6", but, like, there's a bunch of dudes there. He's not successful. The, The dudes push him out of the party. They kick him out. And in the process... He falls over the ledge and he breaks his foot. Oh, jeez. He- I heard he was pushed by a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it was just getting revenge for its friend. The chair is a Chad. Uh, <laughs> it's so much stronger than him. It's not his fault. Girls love to fuck this chair. Yeah. It's a love seat. <laughs> <laughs> love seats are Chads. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking blue-pilled love seats. <laughs> Cooks. Uh... 
Yeah, so he gets he gets pushed off this ledge. He then tries to call the police on them because he hurt himself, and the police are basically like, "No, you yeah. started a fight with people, and they were defend. You almost hurt people, and they were defending right. themselves." So yeah, the, no, the charges are dropped. That chair is a racist, sir. <laughs> He's just making fun of that chair being Asian. is half person half chair and i'm full person <laughs> I'm, I'm more worthy it's just a chair with a person's face <laughs> just oh. a chair with people faces no make sense next week uh yeah it's dark so that's what happens and then after this roger decides he's going to cement his plans for the day of retribution this is what pushes him over the Ledge? Ten foot ledge. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this dude yeah. can't get cement right. He can't even get super soakers full of pee right. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Uh, he had to kind of hold off on the day of retribution because his ankle had to heal. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I can't pour out the day of retribution with crutches. <laughs> it's hard to hold a gun when you have to use your hands to walk. Um, <laughs> so he starts stockpiling weapons. And he said, quote, the goal was to kill everyone in Isla Vista, to utterly destroy everyone in that wretched town. He would kill six people. Um, he wanted to go specifically to the Alpha Phi house, correct? Yeah. His, Is that where the party was? No. It oh. was just at a house. Weird. It was just someone's house. It wasn't even, it wasn't a sorority. It was, he didn't know How any weird. of these people. The thing is, is like he has all these grand delusions of like, I'm going to destroy this whole city. And he, he is successful he's in killing dude. six people. Like, he's not Mad Max. Like, no. destroy a whole city. He killed six people, but no one ever talks about how many chairs he shot. <laughs> I feel like that's really fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they tried to prosecute those cases, but they didn't have any legs. Oh! <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Oh, we actually have a, we have a chair correspondent coming in. What, uh, what did you have to say, sir? <laughs> Cult podcast recognizes the honorable chair of this studio. You can show respect. He's the chairman of the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds the- ridiculous, but it would put butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing about Elliot Rogers. He's not good at anything. He re- he thinks he's the best. He's not even good at anything. He wrote a couple scripts. Am I right? They're I terrible. I right? didn't read them. Yeah. He said he tried to. So when I read his manifesto, he said he tried to read a script, but then he realized that would take too long. So he continued to invest in the lottery. <sighs> yeah. yeah. He, so. he wrote like almost like a rough draft because his and one of his dad's friends agreed to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he actually had him read it. And then the guy was like, great, here's some notes or whatever. And then he basically responded with like, how dare you? Right. Like, how dare you give me notes? Well, and you can see in this, too, like, his mom tells him, so he gets out of school. His biological mom, right? His biological yeah. mom, yeah. Okay. He gets out of school, and his mom's like, well, you need to go to college. And then he drops yeah. out of college, and then his mom's like, well, you need to get a job. Yeah, you gotta do something. And he essentially refuses to do anything, because every job he's qualified for, he sees is beneath him. So he's a s- fucking narcissist. Like, yeah. he just doesn't think, he thinks he should be really great, but he's 18 years old. Right. He's an idiot. So he, on January 15th, 2014, Roger accused his roommate, Cheng Hong, of stealing his candles. What? <laughs> he apparently had a lot of candles. Um, and he performed a citizen's arrest and called 911. 
Hong was charged with petty theft and pleaded guilty of the charge. Really? Yeah. I think really just to not have yeah, to deal just, with I'm it. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And the thing was is like, his roommates hate him. He's yeah. the worst. One of his roommates comes home at one point, a different roommate, not these, not the current roommates when this happened, but one of his roommates had brought a girl home mm -hmm. and had sex with her. Right. And he's like, I heard the sounds of their pleasure making. Like, it's Ooh. creepy. Oh, he, like, geez. listens to them. Um, and then when the girl leaves, he's like, oh, I was pleased to see that she was very ugly. And then he tells his roommate, like, oh, you're, she's just a dumb slut and a whore and you're stupid. And he's like, I like her. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah. So pretty much anytime anyone's fucking that's not him, he's mad at them for it. He gets mad. He accidentally hears his sister having sex with her boyfriend when he's at his mom's house. And he listens to it for too long and thinks a lot about how much like her his sister's younger than him and like oh she's younger than me and she's already experiencing the pleasures of this world and oh. you, like it's just really creepy but yeah so he just has all these weird things where he's like wants like quote unquote justice for things yeah. that don't exist and aren't crimes right um on april 30th Roger's mother called the police and initiated a welfare check after watching some of his disturbing YouTube posts, which were threatening violence. Uh, police called his mother a worrywart and failed to administer a psychiatric hold. So he basically was like, ah, oh, my mom and I got in a fight. It's fine. The police didn't look at the YouTube videos that his mom sent him. Well, and here's, this is a perfect example of people, like his parents specifically, knowing that something is wrong and doing everything in their power to stop something bad from happening. Yeah. And something bad still happened. They know, you know? they're, they tried their best. Like, yeah, well, from 100%. what I can say is like, yeah, was this kid a spoiled rich brat? Yes. But he was also a narcissistic psychopath. Yeah. So he's not... You know what I mean? Like, they tried. They tried to get him therapy. They tried mm -hmm. to talk to him. He's not responding to treatment. Also, anymore. it seems like the only people that he actually can connect with, uh, other than, like, stick-to-chair connection, but like, <laughs> but, but, like, actually, like, form a real connection with, is these people online that are just echoing his thing of, like, yeah, you're right. Women don't want to fuck you because these things are wrong with you. And the only way out is to do this horrible thing that you're planning to do. Yeah, well, they're telling him he's right, but really they should be telling him to take all the seats. Yeah. <laughs> well, he called he called Pua hate the truth, and he tried to show it to his parents. He's like, this oh, is what geez. I'm talking about. This is the truth. This is what I've been saying. These people are right. He emailed links to his dad, and he's like, they never even looked at it because they don't care about me. And he's like, no, you're crazy, my dude. Like, yeah, yeah. what? So... Uh, let's play one of his videos, Mondo. Hooray! Yeah. So you can hear what he sounds like. Cool. Hi. Elliot Roger here. Well, this is my last video. It all has to come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The day in which I will have my revenge against humanity. Against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I've hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness, rejection, and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me.
I'm 22 years old, and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've been through college for two and a half years. More than that, actually. And I'm still a virgin. That has been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and, and pleasure. But in those years, I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. And yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. I will punish all of you for it. <laughs> you can kind of tell, like, he's just the worst. Yeah. He's not a bad-looking dude, either. That That's what I think really gets me, is that, like, if he had just not been a trash pile of a human, he probably would have been okay. Yeah, the only thing really wrong with him, other than what he's saying, like, the only thing physically wrong with him is that he seems to show all of his teeth every time he says anything. He talks like this way, where he lifts his lips up, so you can see his teeth. I mean, for me, the biggest thing wrong with him is that he's dead in his eyes. Like, there's just no oh, yeah. empathy there. It's yeah. kind of terrifying. Well, that didn't change. Yeah, it's it's. He still looks dead in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to play, uh, real quick, we're going to play a fun game called uh, Manifest a Word Count. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to list a few words, and I want you to let me know which one you think is the highest... Okay. And which is the lowest. And this is leaving out just simple words like A and the and shit like that, right? Yeah. No, I just I just picked a few that I saw appearing again and mm -hmm. again. Um, and you guys can just kind of guess, hey, which is the highest, which is the lowest? And then I'll give the actual word count for all of them. So real quick, they are despair. Oh, jeez. Okay. Unfair. Uh-huh. Cried. Oh, jeez. Hate. And lottery. <laughs> I I think unfair is going to be the most. I feel like okay. despair is going to be the most. Okay. Um, I think cried is probably going to be the least. Me too. I, I say despair highest, cried Like, last. I'm sure there's more crying than, like, your typical manifesto. I'm sure there's more <laughs> crying than lottery. <laughs> right. But I think cry is what he mentions the least. Uh, hate comes in at the top with 60, oh, 60 mentions of the word hate in his 137-page manifesto, including Damn. his childhood. That's almost once a page. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, well, it's once every once other Once every two pages. Uh, once yeah. every two pages, pretty much. Um, lottery comes in the least. Only 10 times he mentions oh, the lottery. Fuck. Uh, he talks about crying at least 26 times. Oh, my God. He uses the word despair 17 times and he uses the word unfair 13 times. Wow. So They've put me through so much despair. He's a sad boy, but not in like an adorable way. Sad boy. Were we, are we sure that he was saying despair and not dischair? <laughs> I hate this chair. This chair. He posted his manifesto 
to his parents. He sent a copy, like the written manifesto to his parents and then posted this video mm-hmm. pretty much right before committing right. the acts. And it's unclear. It seems like he sent his parents and therapist his manifesto after he had already killed his roommates. So on May 23rd, 2014, in the early hours of the morning, Roger systematically stabs his roommates Waihan Wang and Chen Hong as they're sleeping and their friend George Chen, who is staying the night. And they're Chinese exchange students. They're Chinese exchange students. And one of the biggest ironies is that I believe Chen Hong was looking to move out like the next week. Yeah, he had already packed. He had already packed. He was ready to go. But Roger murdered him. Uh, He then emails his manifesto to his life coach, therapist, and parents. His parents start racing to Isla Vista to confront him because the manifesto said that he wouldn't take action until the next day. So their hope was, we'll get the manifesto, we'll get the police, we'll figure this out. He says he's not going to do it tomorrow. We have time to stop him. Mm-hmm. So they start racing. I think wherever they were, it was two hours away. I think it was from Santa so Barbara. Isla Vista from here is three and a half hours. And yeah. I think they were in Los Angeles trying to get to Isla Vista. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So moments after sending the manifesto, Roger attempted to enter the Alpha Phi sorority house, but the door was locked and no one answered. So he opened fire on students walking outside. Uh, He shot three people, including Veronica Weiss, who died at age of 19, Catherine Cooper, who died at age 22, and and were both members of the Delta 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 sorority um, and died from multiple gunshot wounds. Bianca DeCock survived multiple gunshot wounds. She was also shot, but she survived. Wow. Uh, he then drove to the coffee collaborative where he shot into a closed, unoccupied building. No one was injured. At the Isla Vista Deli Mart, he shot and killed Christopher Michaels Martinez, uh, who died from a single gunshot wound to the chest. He was age 20. He drove to the 900 block of Embarracido del Norte, where he shot Jin Fu, who sur- or sorry, where Jin Fu survived a collision with his car. In the 6,500 block of Trigo Road, Aaron Zaglin survived a single gunshot wound to his left arm, and Bailey Maple survived a single gunshot wound to the right arm. On El Embarcido Road at Sabado Tarde Road, Megan Carlotto survived a single gunshot wound to the right thigh. In the same, around the same area, he shot Sierra Schwartz. Sh- or sorry, Sierra Schwartz was shot at but was uninjured. On Del Playa, Roger shoots and misses Sheriff's Deputy Adrian Marquez. Marquez shot one round at Roger's vehicle as it drove by. In the 6600 block of Del Playa, Patrick Eggert and Nicholas Pashuki survived a collision with Roger's vehicle. At Camino del Sor, Christopher Huang survived gutshot wounds to his right forearm and right buttocks. In the 6600 block of Sabado Tarde Road, Victor Garcia Mitchell Leobarski and Elliot Gee survived collisions with Roger's vehicles. In the 6500 block, Matthew Smith and Antoine Chershian survived multiple gunshot wounds. At Little Acorn Park at Sabado Tarde Road, Roger shoots at and misses Sheriff Sergeant Brad Welch, Detective Brian Flick, and Deputies Wayne Johnson and Jordan Walker. They fired numerous rounds at Elliot's car as it sped away. In the 6500 block, Keith Chung survived a collision with Roger's car. What kind of car did he drive? He had Escalade. a BMW. Oh, okay. was it BMW? It's like an SUV though, right? Uh, I thought that was his dad's car. It just said oh, it was maybe. a BMW. I thought it was a regular okay. car. I don't know if BMW makes uh They do. SUVs. They do. They do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the 5 Series. Yeah. 
Uh, Roger then shot himself and his car crashed into parked cars at 9.35 p.m. Authorities determined that Roger committed suicide with a single gunshot wound to the head. He was found in the driver's seat of his car with a pistol on the right side and the driver's seat. Deputies found three 9mm semi-automatic pistols in the car uh, and 55 9mm cartridge cases between the car and crime scenes around Isla Vista. All three weapons were purchased legally. Yeah. Well, and so, if you've yeah. ever been to Isla Vista, because this is where uh, UC Santa Barbara is, the roads where he's driving are a central kind of ring through the center of the campus. So as he's shooting, people are, like, going to classes. Had he had something like an AK, so many more So much more damage, died. yeah. Like, thankfully, he had bad aim, well, essentially. The, the other thing that's happening is in a lot of these instances, he's trying to drive and shoot at the same time. And he's hitting people with his car. Yeah, and he's hitting people with his car, but he's also... If you've ever tried to even text and drive, it's difficult to focus. Right. So he's not a great aim, you know. He's yeah. not he he's gone to the shooting range a couple times cuz he had a gun, but he's not practiced at this. So he, things could have been much worse if he was any good at any of these things he was accomplishing. Right. But yeah, thankfully, you know, he wasn't as good. Hopefully, you know, it would have been much better if he hadn't killed anyone, obviously. obviously but yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty messed up, and the, his whole thing is just, I'm rejected, so I'll kill everyone. Like, that's right. not a normal mindset. Roger was a self-identified incel, so responses from the incel community were kind of mixed. Some people thought that what he did was horrible. Some people were like, that That doesn't align with our beliefs. Um, some people thought that he had good reason to do what he did mm -hmm. because it was society's fault for rejecting him. He inspired some other incels, such mm -hmm. as Alec Manassian, on the, who did the Toronto van attacks in April of 2018. Um, and while some people condone, condemn his actions, others see him as a hero. Here's a quick quote that I found uh, from a, an incel post in August 2016. Quote, Elliot Rogers, in a way, was kind of a poster child, dare I even say martyr, for the sexual unlucky. What he did was wrong and extremely fucked up. However, Martin Luther King said, riot is the language of the unheard. Basically, sometimes whenever someone feels ignored by society, people end up resorting to violence. It isn't right, but it happens. That sounds like the guy who worked in my office. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't bring up Martin Luther King to defend elliot roger right that's not what martin luther king stood for and if you bring up martin luther king to talk about validating someone that injured anyone else you're an asshole and you don't understand what martin luther king was about mm -hmm. uh and there's there's some other things that i found uh looking through some of the incel forums i found a post from a guy who killed a girl's dog Ooh. who had rejected him eight years ago. Jeez. So this girl had rejected him in high school, and then he saw her at in their small town, and he was working at, like, a sound shop or some other menial place. Mm -hmm. um, and he talked to her, found out where she lived, found out she was married, went to her house, and gave her dog a bowl of antifreeze and killed oh her dog. Oh, my God. Yeah, because this girl rejected him in high school. Right. So, again, when I'm reading that post, there are people that respond that say, that's really fucked up, bro. Like, don't do that. And then there are people like, 
well, she really shouldn't have done that to you, though. So, right. God, what a bunch of pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, you're getting... The thing is, there's mixed reviews, but anytime you start to have empathy for someone that is doing these things, like, you're slipping closer and closer to seeing those actions as okay. Right. Um, and it's never okay to murder someone because you're not getting fucked. Like, there's another guy in 2009 who went and shot up a gym because he felt like he couldn't get laid. And this this is never a reason to hurt other people. It's right. ridiculous. But these forums, like, you get this voice and you get this hopelessness of just constantly, like, it's society's fault. It's women's fault. Women are whores. You'll never be happy. If those are the only things you're hearing over and over again, it makes it so much easier to justify doing these things. Right. Um, so incel communities keep getting shut down for posts like this. Mm -hmm. uh, the incel subreddit was shut down in 2016. There's a new one called Our Brain Cells. Uh, <clears throat> Incel.me was shut down this past November, and Our Brain Cells is currently in quarantine. And part of it is for the inflammatory, misogynistic language, the threats of suicide, stuff like that. Uh, we talked a little bit about incels as part of digital, having being a part of digital self-harm. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that's who incels are mostly dangerous to. This, themselves. Themselves. The mm -hmm. dark ideation that no one will ever love you. Yeah. And people kind of saying like, oh, I should just commit suicide. There was a post that I found in on the Brain Cells subreddit. in uh, the, the post is titled, Tribute to the Fallen Cells That Roped in 2018. Jeez. And in, there are 23 usernames. Oh my so gosh. 23 self-proclaimed incels committed suicide last year alone. And oh part of that is like, yes, you're already suffering from depression, but you're also only interacting with other people that are bringing you down in the same way. Right. And echoing this the feelings of hopelessness that you have. This is a quote from someone on the Brain Cells subreddit. It says, quote, I wasn't always bitter and misogynistic until I came across the insult forums and started learning the truth. In fact, everyone loved me for my personality. Even though I'm weird and awkward, some people accept me for it because I grow on them. Even women like talking to me or hanging out with me because I was a really chill person to be around and talk to. However, I'm not the best looking, and on top of that, I'm awkward, so I never asked women out because I knew I'd get rejected, so I never tried. I kind of just understood that it was my fate. I kind of wish I never read the incel truth because it has made me a bitter and hateful person. Ugh. And I'd say that's a lot of what's happening on these forums is like people aren't even trying and then they're upset that they're not successful. Right. Yeah. Um, one quick ray of sunshine is remember Alana, that yeah. lady that started that yeah. incel forum in 1993? Um, on April 28th, 2018, she started the Love Not Anger website, a website devoted to researching how lonely people might find respectful love instead of being stuck in anger. That's good. Yeah. So her vision is that everyone in society can find love they want while respecting other people. I That is a very, very valid and good goal, I would say. Yeah, so that's the incels and the black pill and oh, some of the problems that I have with it. And fucking L.A. Ron. What a, what a bad Arondack. Adirondack is a type of chair. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, that's that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> kind of a bummer. Sorry for, you know, blackpilling you or whatever. Um, yeah, welcome to the truth, you idiots. <laughs> I will say there's one really funny, legitimate, funny, funny post that I found on the Brain Cell subreddit. And the first one is titled Predictions for 2019. We're going to get banned. Because they're currently right, quarantined right, already. Right. The other one is, did the dinosaurs go extinct because of feminism? What? <laughs> Which I thought was a joke post, but they're serious. They were very serious? <laughs> oh, they're very God. serious. Their whole theory is like, well, the female dinosaurs only wanted to fuck the biggest, strongest male dinosaurs, and then they got dumb and they died. And I was like, what? You mean what? evolution? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but oh, it was very man. funny. So, yeah, if you want to, you know. If you want a good laugh, but then also real sad. <laughs> real sad. I recommend don't go on these sites. It's really depressing, and I really don't like getting updates to my phone telling me how women are whores. So, yes. very excited to stop following these subreddits. It's, it's only fun when Danny DeVito is saying it and he's putting the hoo emphasis on it. Hey, if you feel bad, if you feel shitty, just go out, take a walk, pack up your truck, go to a national forest. <laughs> take, take in our national parks. Take in those national parks. And hey, while you're there, you want to support it, use the two bars of cell reception you got, or one bar, I don't know where you are, to uh, go to Open Skies Trading Company. Open Skies Trading Company makes a lot of great shirts, gear, posters, all that kind of stuff to support national parks. Um, The worst part about covering shit like this is that it makes it really hard to transition into like a hey come hey we're, hey we're funny <laughs> hey we're funny sometimes hey hey national parks uh fill them with dildos the best <laughs> the best part about uh open skies training company is every purchase you make they will donate one whole dollar to the national parks foundation which helps keep our national parks clean and safe so you can go shop at openskiestrading.com or you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading C-O. You can also find me online. Uh, severely sad right now. Uh, so if you want to cheer me up, send me something funny. Uh, you can do so on Twitter and at Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff. M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. What's the point? We're all pieces of shit. <laughs> That, that was not the point of this episode. Uh, if you want to send me names that you think are funnier than Ham Beast or Land Whale, if you can beat Ham Beast and Land Whale, send it to at Paige Wesley on Twitter, at Paige Wesley, no, at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. If you want to send me sunshine, rainbows, or unicorns, or just anything that's not about how much women suck or how you want to kill yourself, I'd really appreciate that. You can send it to me at Sundress Comic on all the things. Mm-hmm. Really quick, Andrea, while you were while you were doing your uh, tags page, Andrea was uh, playing with a tiny unicorn toy, letting it trot around her laptop. Is it making you feel better? It now? is so much okay, better. Okay, good. Then I accept it. <laughs> I need a hug after this. <laughs> oh. Well, if you want to uh, send us a virtual hug as a whole, you can do so on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or you can do it on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can send us a long virtual hug through email at Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com or you can visit our website which has our physical address email and a whole lot of other information and that is coltpodcastshow.com
Or if you want to send us, I mean, I don't know how you'd send a physical hug, but, you know, if you want to send us blue pills, so many blue pills. If you want to send us a chair. If you want to send us a chair. Isn't the blue pill just... uh, Stay in the Matrix? No. Sounds good to me. What's the one that makes your dick hard? Viagra. Viagra? (laughs) Isn't Viagra a blue pill? Yeah, let's party. (laughs) If you want to send us Viagra for all the chads we're dicking down, you can send it to... 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, Like Like the the Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't, God, just don't be an insult. Go outside. Be nice. Don't drink orange juice out of a spray gun. Don't drink orange juice. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try and spray people for meanness, Drink the drink the orange juice, pee into the squirt bottle, and then don't drink the Kool-Aid. This is a hard stance we're taking, and I love it. <laughs> pee into squirt bottles. Bye. 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 Oh, that one was bad. Too. Sorry, I can't hear no, my it's voice me. is really bad. I'm 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 off pitch. Ooh. Bye. 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 Yeah. Yay. I don't know if that was better. <laughs> <laughs>